Welcome to the Candid with Kibo podcast, where I am your podcast host, Chelsea Akibo Betts. On the Candid with Kibo podcast, I have the candid adulting conversations that you wish somebody had with you. On the Candid with Kibo podcast, I'm going to share a candid moment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time listening to the Candid with Kibo podcast, I am Chelsea welcoming you and thanking you for coming to listen and hear what um, I have to share with you guys today. If you have not already checked out some of my episodes, um, my podcast basically covers adulting, some of the struggles I've faced, um, sometimes learning new things and bringing on people to share um, different points, such as going to therapy, um, such as navigating new changes and dealing with the unknown of this world, um, and maybe some current events as well that have been going on and just processing that. What inspired me to create this podcast was me learning how to navigate um, grief at a very young age. Um, If you listen to my introduction episode um, in my first, well, actually my first episode as well, you'll learn that I um, lost my dad at the age of 18. And um, I've had, I would say over the last eight years, had to navigate a lot of things on my own with very little um, adult guidance, uh, such as, you know, different places of, you know, where am I going to live, navigating, trying to graduate you know through school while my counterparts are not experiencing the same um you know the same chaos that I'm experiencing because I'm trying to figure out my life um and they're just worried about graduating uh so yeah these are some of the things that have really fueled me to put everything into a podcast um and just share my knowledge of what I've learned over the last few years and you know in the hopes of inspiring you and teaching you how to do some things as well so that you don't have to learn the hard way by experience So welcome to this podcast. If this is your first time, I encourage you to check out my first season. This is we're halfway through season two. Um, But yeah, go ahead and check out the first season and yeah, share with a friend. So now I'm going to go ahead and hop into my candid moment for this week. My candid moment for this week um, is just something that I have thought about, um, you know, recently um, as we just celebrated um, the inauguration of our new president. And I just, you know, happen to think about, um, you know, me being in my mid 20s and maybe some of you being in your mid 20s or maybe further along or maybe, um, you know, younger than I am. But we definitely live in a society where we want something um, instantaneously. And I think it's because of what we actually see on social media. Um, I'm thinking about my parents' generation. Uh, If they found out something about someone, it's because the person actually shared it with them, not because they saw it somewhere else. And basically what I was thinking about was, you know, during this, um, during the inauguration ceremony, um, I couldn't help but think that, you know, this was not Joe Biden's first time um, running for president. I want to say it's his third time, second or third time um, running for president. And the guy is 70, but eight, like he's old, you know, Um, I think that many of us have to start looking at life um, as a marathon and looking at things from that perspective and you know what some of the things we're doing now will literally you know be like grassroots um, and be the seeds we're planting seeds now so that we can harvest them later 
And we've heard that kind of phrase before, like, you know, you might be, you know, bearing a seed now and expecting it to bloom later, but I don't think we actually like marinate on the later. The later for some people might be in their 70s. The later for some people might be in their 80s. The later for some people might be in their 50s. Um, and I had also seen right around election time, like about Kamala Harris, um, I think she got married in her 50s or something like that so like yeah don't give up on love don't give up on anything um God has a purpose for all of us and we just don't know how that unfolds but you know continue to be diligent in the current season and one day we'll see you know how the fruits of our labor work together for our good and work together um you know to just create this bomb person that we already are um, I'm super happy that we have a vice president that looks like, like I have a vice president that looks like me. Um, and she just represents a whole bunch of different, um, you know, areas. She is South Asian. She is Caribbean. She's a black woman. She went to an HBCU. So there's so many things we can learn from, you know, things that society has told us are not unique about us, or we had to, you know, conform to the white standard in order to be important. But these people are, you know, taking the bull by its horn and yeah, I'm excited for what's to come. So I want that to just go ahead and encourage you. Oh, and secondly, while on the matter, um, there was pictures, well, Obama posted um, to Joe Biden and he was hugging him. I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen this image, but, you know, basically saying that it's your time. Now is your time, you know, 10 years ago or I don't I can't do. I told you all in the last podcast because it's 2021. I cannot do math. But back in 2009, I think it was 11 years ago, um, you know, it was Obama's turn and Joe Biden was there cheering him on. And 11 years later, the reverse is happening. And I could not be more happy to see something like that um is you know good things may happen to the people around us but when you genuinely cheer them on and you are happy for them they will do the same thing for you um so yeah let that be an encouraging word to you let's go ahead and get into the episode for this week hey carrie ann so welcome to the candy with kibo podcast um so those of you that may or may not know she's not a first-time guest she's been on this podcast before um so her full name is actually carrie ann sejour Um, and she is a psychotherapist, uh, and she's going to give a little bit more of an introduction on herself, but yeah, she has been on this podcast before and we talked about, um, you know, we're us being hardwired for connection. Um, you know, especially during the pandemic, uh, there was a lot of, you know, we're staying home and stuff like that. So we just talked a little bit about, you know, still making the effort to, um, you know, attend to those needs of connecting with others while being home. So if you have a chance, listen to that, this episode, that's season one, episode four, I believe, um, so listen to that and you can hear her when you have the chance. So Carrie Ann, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey y'all. I'm so happy to be back, um, back with the family. Um, as Kibo said, I'm a psychotherapist. Another word for that, or another phrase for that is a mental health counselor, um, by profession. So I work with, um, young adolescents to early adulthood, um, folk who are experiencing anxiety, depression, want to like unpack different transitions, periods of change, um, trauma, identity work. Um, I specifically work with black and brown folk um, mainly, but my practice is open to um, everyone as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also a doula. You probably heard me, if you've listened to that, that 
that previous podcast, Chelsea was talking about, um, you probably hear that I mentioned that I was a doula. So I work specifically with new and expecting moms and planning um, their birthing experience that they're hoping to get, as well as working with new and expecting moms within the psychological aspect. So Mm -hmm. talking to them about their journey and their transition to motherhood and what that is like for them. So that's a little bit about me as my profession. And yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because things are coming to me as I'm speaking. But yes, Carrie Ann, I met her in college. She was my RA at Goucher College. (laughs) So yes, that's a little background on how we know each other. Um, She's a great, 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 great friend of mine. So that's how we know each other. Um, So you're going to be a little surprised when I ask you some of these questions because you haven't seen them. (laughs) Um, But I did want to do something a little fun, um, a little bit different. Uh, this mm-hmm. podcast. So I'm going to ask you something so that, you know, our audience can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Um, so for, the first question is, what have you been obsess- obsessed with lately? Whether it be, you know, a TV show or a movie, food, hobby, something like that. Okay. Uh, ooh, the two things that just popped into mind is this TV show, if anyone has seen it, it's called Killing Eve. It's a Netflix series, actually. Um, and I watched it when it first came out. Um, and I think I probably like it because <laughs> the two protagonists are, and, um, they are identified as such, they're psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, but they're also, one's a hired assassin and the other mm-hmm. one is the person who's like tracking the assassin. Um, so okay. it's just really interesting to see how they both intertwine within that. Um, okay. I'm also, I've seen as- it on Netflix. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I but. really recommend. It's just so interesting okay. and the plot development and how. Yeah, just watch it. We can chat about it later, but <laughs> it's really good. And mm-hmm. then knitting probably is the second. Okay, three things: knitting, um, which I you know have a side business about it, but it's been something that I've loved and it's been a part of my self care since like very very early on. And yes. then. And you launched a business recently. I did. I did launch a business, Precious Knits. Check her out. She's a baby, but she is my baby. And I am so excited to like fully jump into that. Um, and then just working out. You know, you see me working out all the time on my Instagram. Um, those are probably the three things that I'm like obsessed with right now. Okay. All right. So I definitely, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and plug that um, her, you know, where you can get some um, knitted things from uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, what do you do for fun? I work out, (laughs) believe it or not, working out, like trying different workouts. So not keeping it like the same types of workouts. So not just cardio, not just weightlifting, but trying Mm -hmm. to target a specific muscle or a specific, um, or trying to get better at a specific workout. Um, what else do I do for fun? She can carry all of us. I'm telling (laughs) you, she could carry all of us. This is in this podcast. She can carry us by our legs and carry us out of this room. I'm telling you. (laughs) Be watching her like damn sick. <laughs> Shout out to my them, Hollywood. Got them legs. <laughs> it's all in and the knees. It is. It is. I have to build yes. that strength up. Um, what I do for fun is working out for sure. Um, spending time with my little sister. Um, I like uh-huh. to stay close to family. Um, and the younger generations. I'm not old. Don't. I sometimes will yeah. make myself sound old, and I think that's a characteristic of a of what we're going to get into. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, spending time with my little sister. Um, what else? Dancing. Oh, I can, how could I even? Dancing. Yeah. Dancing is like a huge thing that I do for fun, whether it's just like learning a new TikTok, um, just playing a song and just dancing it out, um, or 
playing some music and like trying to get my mom to to um let loose and um dance with me so it's definitely enjoy watching that on instagram (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah okay um real quickly what resources or apps do you find to be incredibly helpful in adulting oh that's a good one um so I recently, I can't say that I have fully gotten into it, this one. It's called Calm. So it's a meditation app. Um, okay. I would definitely recommend that as a way of spending time with yourself and meditating and grounding work. Um, especially when you, you know, most of us as adults, we have very busy schedules and mm-hmm. we really don't make time to really just be and relax. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I, would, I would definitely say that that's a calm, that could, that's a, <laughs> a calm, that's an app that could help. <laughs> Um, I learned this second app from you and I knew about it, but Pinterest, um, Pinterest, I highly recommend if you're like interested in starting, my gosh, Pinterest. yeah, if you're interested in, so I'm remodeling my basement. Right. And, um, there's so many things I could do with it, but I was like, why don't I just look at images as inspirations? And literally I started just taking different pieces of different, um, bathroom, like tilings and color lights to kind of create my, what I want my bathroom or what I want my basement apartment to look like. Wow. So like, it's kind of like work harder, work smarter, not harder. I forget um, about, I just recorded a podcast yesterday about like productivity and I, I, I forgot about that, about that. So I'll be adding it in there. Yes. Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest is huge. Huge. Yeah. Pinterest is, is, is really big. Um, okay. I like that. Um, I'm going to definitely check out that calm app. So I learned something within asking these questions. It's really good. <laughs> um, so a quick, a quick little round of this or that, okay. um, tea or coffee? Tea. Okay. Uh, country or city? City. Kind of knew that already. <laughs> um, early bird or night owl? This might Girl. be a trick question Girl. for you. <laughs> um, cause I'm, you know, I'm a night owl until the early morning yeah yeah i would find myself in both (laughs) yeah it's it's tough i'm trying to i'm trying this in my intentions for this year is to start to wake up earlier um so that means you know going to sleep earlier so yeah that's true um facetime or text facetime okay and sweet or savory Mm, girl depends on the time of the month um I would say sweet. I'm, I lean more towards sweet for sure. Okay. Yeah, sweets are, it's always, it's always okay for me. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, that's uh, pretty much it on, you know, I hope you guys got to see a little bit more of her personality. Um, but yeah, interesting like stuff right questions. there. Thank you. Um, all right, so we're going to go ahead and get into today's topic. Um, I selected this topic and Carrie Ann, I think they go hand in hand together. Um, I know that I also go hand in hand with the topic as well, but we're not interviewing myself. (laughs) Um, So this podcast is going to be talking about, you know, what it's uh, the experiences of being um, the strong friend and what that comes with um, the the level of responsibility. And sometimes it's uh, like, I guess, warranted or unwarranted is not necessarily something you want to be, but that's just the qualities of yourself is what makes you (laughs) the right candidate to be the strong friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and Carrie Ann, while we were in um, college together, she already had a lot of tendencies about her um, that made her seem like a therapist. <laughs> so no surprise that this is actually her career path that she's chosen, but she is that friend that everybody runs to. Um, so I just kind of want to, you know, pick your brain a little bit to find out what what is it like being that? Like, did you want to be that? You know what I'm saying? So that's what we're talking about today. Um, so Carrie Ann, what does it 
what does it take for you to be the strong friend and or family member? Well, let's see. Let me start with the family member aspect because I think that's where it resonates the most for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's where it really like originated. So I'm the oldest daughter in my family mm-hmm. and uh, from a Jamaican Haitian background. So Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is like, you're like the second mother in the yeah. household. So you earn, you learn from very early on um, that, if your mom is not doing something like it's your role to step into doing that. And so I think in my household, people started looking at me as a strong person, as a sounding board, as a natural leader from very, very early on. And I think that those are all things that attribute you to being a strong friend. Um, Yeah. um, I think it comes natural to me because it's something that it was a role that was given to me. And it's also a role that I stepped into. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes natural to me. It, it can, I will say at times be overwhelming mm-hmm. and, um, it can feel, um, overwhelming and exhausting. I'll say those two words. And it's because if you spend as myself, I've learned over the last few years is like, if you spend on, if you spend too much time being that strong friend, you, 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 you negate your own needs. And so, um, so yeah, you can be strong for, I can be strong for Chelsea. I can be strong for my sister. I can be strong for my mom, my brothers, other friends. Um, but at some point you run out of strength. You run out of space because you're giving and giving and giving and giving. Yeah. So I, I would also say that's another attribute of what it means to be a, um, a strong friend. A strong so you're very friend. giving. Um, you can compartmentalize pretty well. So like when people come to you, mm-hmm. um, you're, when they come to you wanting to talk something through, you're like, okay, I see the, I see ABC and um, let's like talk it through. What's the options? Um, so. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, I definitely can relate, especially to the ability to compartmentalize because sometimes your own experiences is what makes it easier for you to kind of separate things and be like, oh, okay, I can see things from a clearer perspective, um, especially with the, I guess, the um, closeness that you may have with that person. You have background history to be able to, to be able to do that and know like, yeah, this is right. I'm, I'm right in this maybe assumption or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the ways that you handle pressure um, and, are, and are they consistent? I would say for the most part, they are consistent. I handle pressure through um, breathing. Like I'm very big lately on paying attention to my breath um, so when I'm stressed, I can tend, I tend to notice that like my chest is really tight or I'm feeling like a pressure in my head. And that means, you know, I'm either like clenching my jaw or I am not relaxed. I mean, ha- I've may probably been in a position too long. And so that I just start to turn inward and pay attention to my breath. Um, I work out. That is a, a huge source of a stress reliever for me, mm-hmm. um, and how I handle pressure. Um, I will talk things through. Um, Usually if I'm really stressed about something, I'm talking about it until I have repeated the same story over and over again. Um, I typically don't need help making a decision. I just want to be heard. Um, I just want, I just want people to hear me and validate like I'm not crazy. um, That what I'm stressed about is something to be stressed about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in having someone else listen to me or, uh, or several people usually is what it comes down to listen to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm better able to then make my decision moving forward based on what's stressing me with confidence. Um, and then what else? There's some others I can list. You want me to keep going? 
I was going to touch on um, what you just said. I think that was for me when I thought about this podcast episode. um, I then realized in that moment for myself that I actually don't need help making decisions either. And I think that if someone doesn't know you well enough, um, someone can see that as combative or uh, you not wanting to take their advice or listen. Mm -hmm. But um, you have to understand that like I'm, I'm, venting essentially um I just need someone to listen I just want to be heard Mm -hmm. but I don't need help making a decision because this conversation trying to have with me about making the decision the decision I've had like six times in my head (laughs) (laughs) I've already done this I've gone through it I didn't make this decision overnight Mm -hmm. so I'm just telling you so that you can hear (laughs) you can understand where I'm coming from but I 100% agree. I think that is a huge characteristic of being the strong friend is sometimes you don't need the help making. Sometimes you do need help making decisions, but it's few. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's big. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead and continue. Just touching on what you said, though, do you think mm-hmm. as a strong friend, since I know you're not being interviewed, but since we both I mean, that's great, <laughs> um, yeah. do you think that strong friends are typically overthinkers? Um, so I'm going to flip that word around and say, um, analyzing, mm. you can analyze really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I once had someone tell me that because I studied psychology, I overthink. And at the time I got offended and I was like, no, I can, oh, I can analyze the situation very well. I'm able to recover from like, maybe it not, might not be the same day, but if something happened, I'm, I do very well at assessing how can I have done things differently? Yeah. Um, I may not say that to the person, but in myself, that's what matters. So um, I definitely think that to others, it can seem as overthinking, but for me, I'm analyzing the situation to make sure that, is there something else that could have been, could it take, could it have taken place another way? Mm-hmm. So that's how I would answer <laughs> the question. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you reframing that because I think that that's sometimes like a, a negative um trope we get as strong friends that like mm-hmm. we're overthinkers um and maybe that's the case in some in some way shape or form yeah. but I do think strong friends are typically good analyzers and are able to kind of like suss things out right mm-hmm. and that leads to me to my other one of uh, my other way of handling pressure which is like checking in with myself so mm-hmm. just as much as you as I think strong friends are good at analyzing other people's things I think that we can in checking in with ourselves analyze like what we are going through and when I say that, I mean that in the sense of like, for myself, I will analyze and ask myself and question like, am I responding or reacting when I'm stressed? Which I think mm-hmm. has been really, really helpful for me because um, 18 to 22 year old Carrie-Anne was quick. Um, if someone bothered, I would be quick with a response, quick with, mm-hmm. a, quick with a reaction more so, let me say mm-hmm. that, um, and not really think through like, how will this be received? How will I feel after I've communicated this? Um, will I feel confident in what I've said after the fact? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, another way for me to handle pressure and stress is to just check in with myself and ask, like, in this stress at this time, am I reacting or am I responding? Mm. That's good. <laughs> I always have that conversation, not just with myself, but with others. Like, mm-hmm. it's always good to be proactive in that sense instead of reacting to things, you know? So that um completely uh makes sense um is there any part of is there any part of yourself that you hold back to consider how others may process your feelings that's such a loaded question um (laughs) i would say yes um this year covid uh this year aka 2020 i know we're in 2021 now amen Uh, yeah amen yes 
moved on. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think, um, I think I hold back when I've been hurt. Um, I think that's not something I share often. Um, it takes a lot for me to share. Um, I think because I'm like a strong friend or a strong person, both a role I stepped into and a role that's been given to me, um, it takes a lot for me to kind of need to share. Mm-hmm. Um, or let me say it like this, like I, I sometimes will allow a lot of things to build up before mm-hmm. I, um, before I will share. Um, mm-hmm. And so most of the times it's when I'm hurt. Like in, I brought up COVID because during last year, I lost five, I think six family members. Um, not all due to COVID, but at, yeah. I, I do think like the stress and the, um, the worry and the anxiety around COVID and like what this country would look like moving forward definitely added and didn't help. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, not a lot of people know, um, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently lost my uncle. Unfortunately, he was murdered um, huh. the day before my birthday. And oh, wow. um, I just mm-hmm. literally like turned inward. And mm-hmm. I just like I said, I was with a couple of friends for the weekend, but I, and I just like said it, I was like, yeah, my uncle was murdered. Um, and I'm sorry, I should have said a trigger warning. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when I'm feeling really, really hurt, it can be really hard to share because I'm someone that others turn to for strength. I'm someone that, t- I'm someone that people often turn to as a sounding board or as a person to hold them up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it all, it's interesting because I think that maybe you may feel not guilty, but it's like, uh, should I share this? Should, you know, are these people going to be responsible with what I'm sharing? Am I just sharing to vent? Sometimes you're just trying to figure it out as you go. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, so, um, yeah, there was something that you said about, okay. So you said that there's a part of you that you feel like was given the title of being the strong friend, but there's a part of it that you stepped into. Mm -hmm. Can you talk more about the part that you willingly stepped into or how that came about? Sure, sure. I think that, and you you know this about me, so I'm, um, and I'll share with others that like, I'm just like generally a confident person. Mm-hmm. I'm generally confident, decisive, um, go-getter. Like I'm always trying, I'm, in college I had how many jobs, right? I was like- A lot. <laughs> Barely saw you. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, it was a little problematic. I could have oh. slowed down. I could have slowed oh. down here and there. But when I have a goal, like I'm very- um, I very much like step into it and I work my hardest to achieve it. Um, and so I think being someone who is confident, decisive, a go-getter, a goal-driven person um, mm-hmm. is just like attuned to my natural personality. And mm-hmm. so, and I step into those things because I enjoy being able to, um, to show up in that way. And um, it's just who I am. And so that's how I kind of have stepped into it. Um, yeah, I hope that answers that question. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's for you, you know. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. Um, with being the strong friend, do you feel like you're check-in you're check-in on as much as you check in on others? As of late, I would say yes. It's like a yes and no for me. Um, mm-hmm. maybe between college and like right before I went to grad school, I would say that I didn't feel like I was checked in as in on as much as I checked in on others. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last two years, I think me becoming a therapist and having more candid conversations, 
plug to candy people. <laughs> candy people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, more open and vulnerable conversations with my friends. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they're more inclined to check in on me. I, I will say, you know, um, 20, I went to grad school 2017. I graduated 2019 and 2017, I went to a, went through a really bad breakup. And um, you showed up, my friend Rachel showed up, Priska mm-hmm. showed up, and I didn't call you guys. I didn't call you guys, like you knew mm-hmm. I was going through it, but I didn't call you guys. And I don't know if y'all spoke to each other, but y'all all showed up on I, Not, yeah, no. I, I tried to communicate with one, but I, um, wait, were we, yeah, I think me and Rachel were probably there at the same time, I want to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't remember if we can, I can't even remember that, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I think that from that point, I can probably date that as the point where I think my friends started checking in on me more. Um, And I realized that year and like, and forward that like, that my friends could take care of me as much as I take care of them. Mm. Um, But yeah, no, there was a time where it didn't feel like my friends did. And I didn't recognize that though. I'll name that like, because Mm. I'm that person who is strong, who is confident and steps into different roles that like is a caretaker mm-hmm. um which I think is also an attribute now it's just like all coming to me in this moment of being mm-hmm. a strong friend mm-hmm. um I didn't recognize that I wasn't giving my friends the space to be like well Carrie how are you doing like yeah. Carrie what's on your plate what are your thoughts mm-hmm. um and so I think that that it's also a strength and we'll probably we'll talk about that more but like it is also a strength to allow others to be strong with you um mm-hmm. And allow people into the those vulnerable spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So what are, and something that actually I'll just touch on what you said is for me, I'm, I'm still trying to learn how to sometimes follow up or be there for people. Um, and I say that because I can tell you what I'm good for. When you're going through something, I can sh- literally physically show up and like, I can get things done. Mm-hmm. You know, I can literally be like, okay, well, what needs to get done? I, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. But emotionally, sometimes I'm like, you know, I have to allow that person, the person has to allow me in, you know, on that um, and explain. Cause if, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say overstep my boundaries, but sometimes you don't, you don't, I don't need to do something you don't need, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but that's just something that I feel like just from my family background, like I know how to like, just, I'm like, I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, Carrie Ann's experiencing a breakup. Okay. Let me just show up. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> we'll just yeah. figure it out. If we just laugh, we go out to eat, we do something that's fine. And I hope that's fine with her, but that's, this is what I can do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that looks differently for everybody. Um, and it, it, I think in those moments you realize that the friends that you have are for different purposes exactly. um, and they bring different things and different uh, levels of value into your life, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Different strengths. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So what are the obstacles that you've faced being the strong friend? Um, I think a couple. So first and foremost, I would say I felt at times misunderstood. So mm-hmm. um. I'm going to touch back on a point that you made a little earlier where you said, um, Ooh, it came to me and it slipped in me. Let's see. Being misunderstood. Yeah. Being misunderstood. Well, I'll speak to the being misunderstood part. Maybe the, mm-hmm. the connection will come back to me. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that sometimes when you, yes. So you had mentioned before that like 
as a strong friend, like, like you don't often experience needing help making a decision. You just want to vent. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, um, that if we don't know, um, what the other person wants and you kind of just like put your opinion in there, um, it can cause like a a real big disconnect because you don't know if the person talking to you wants to vent, wants advice, wants you to help them problem solve, wants you to cry with them, eat ice cream with them. You know what I mean? And so I think that before I understood what it meant to really be a strong friend, which is someone who really just listens and, um, and asks like, how can I help you with this? Mm. Um, I, some earlier on, um, I would, I think, assume that like someone wanted me to like go, go change the tires in the car that got flat or like, and that's like a random example, but like do the most is what I'm trying to say. When, um, like with the example you used, you just, you showed up and you were like, whatever we make of this time together, we make of the time together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because it comes naturally for me to be a strong friend and like a caretaker, um, earlier on, I would do too much and it would be misunderstood as like, I'm trying to like take over and really and truly I wasn't, I just, I just didn't know how to fully support that person. Um, mm-hmm. and, but it, that just took, you know, talking through with my friend, like, well, how do you like to be cared for? Right. Like, yes. What is it? What do you need when you're feeling hurt? What do you need when you're feeling low? Um, And let's go from there. So, uh, yeah. yeah. That's, um, yeah, I highly agree with that. I think that when you're friends with someone um, and depending on the levels of friendship, more so not the acquaintance, um, you know, you do like you do need to know what your needs I think first first and foremost you need to know your own needs mm-hmm. if you don't know your needs then the person your friend definitely can't know them for you so if you know your needs and can communicate that um and sometimes it may, it's not like it might not be like a formal conversation but it could be because they did something if if you realize it in that moment I know for everyone it's not easy like me and you have no problem saying something when there's a problem yeah. I know everybody's not like that but it, it only hurts you if you continue to like hold that in. So, yeah. you know what? Um, you know, maybe I'm not too sure about how I need to proceed in this situation, but I didn't like that or I don't need that. You know, you can still figure it out. It doesn't have to be something that you, you know, know all at once, but you know that there's something that you don't need from that person or you don't like, or you can say, well, this is what I do like, or this is what I do need. And the person will learn with you, you know, um, something that can be communicated. Yeah, I, you know, just to add on to that, because I think it speaks to another aspect of being a strong friend and like mm-hmm. obstacles I face is like feeling alone. Um, I think that if you often are the strong friend or you know you have lots of strong friends, they can they can sometimes feel alone. And I've, I've felt that way um, before. And, and oftentimes it's really feeling alone in my in my feelings mm-hmm. um, and not being sure like who to share it with and like how to share it and if it was safe enough to share. And I want to rec- I want to also state that this is like, this is not presently me as much. I think this is a younger version of me. Mm-hmm. Like as I've gotten older, as I <laughs> gone through the rigorous training I did to become a therapist, I've learned that like, um, yes, there's value in sitting in your feelings, but there's also value in sharing how you feel with others. Um, to allow for you not to feel alone, right? Because mm-hmm. you're nine times out of the ten, if the feeling it might feel like you're alone, but you're not. 
and um, reaching out to others can really be beneficial in being a source of support, just made it first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just to add on to that, the feelings mm-hmm. of being alone. Um, I know I have actually experienced um, that. And I know that when I like, when I started my YouTube channel and later on, like just, I had a video about like me being depressed and stuff like that. A lot of people were surprised, um, close friends, because they just didn't know. And I was like, I didn't know either. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I learned that like depression doesn't have a look. It doesn't have, or some feelings that we may associate with, it doesn't necessarily have the look that, you know, when you're going through it, that's what I go through. Yeah. And I had to learn that. And I would say more in the last year, cause I have been in um, life coaching for a year. So I've learned ways to express myself. And, you know, there's some things even right now I, rem- I am taking on and I reached out and was like, Hey, sometimes I need extra support. Sometimes pray for me because this is really hard. What I'm doing right now, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. But before I would just like keep it in, you know, because I'm so used to people coming to me with that. I'm like, can I, you know, um, but I definitely think that um, the feelings of being alone is something that as a strong friend, you have to constantly work through because it's so easy. It's so easy to fight these battles alone mm-hmm. because you think you're strong enough to do it by yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you have any pet peeves when it comes to, you know, being the strong friend? Mm. I think now one of my pet peeves is if people don't ask me if like someone is coming to me to like vent or like just talk something through, if they don't ask me, like, do I have the capacity to, um, mm. to be the, be a source of support in that moment? Mm. Um, and I say that because of my, my line of profession, right? Um, I hold a lot of space for people and I do it with a giving heart and I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at times it can be a lot, right? Um, in a profession where I'm mostly giving, and there are, mm-hmm. there are points of it where I receive as well. I want you to know it's a, it's a dual relationship mm-hmm. I have with my clients. But um, I think that, yeah, when people don't ask, like, hey, Karian, I want to run something by you. Or, hey, I have something to tell you. Do you have the space and time to, like, take this on with me right now? Um, yeah. I think that's probably my main pet peeve. Hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't know how I forgot to like mention that earlier, but yeah, knowing your capacity is incredibly important, but also asking, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's more of a newer thing that people are doing. Um, I don't, I don't remember what I was watching or something. And I was like, wow, I really like that that person acts because sometimes you are not, it might just be the wrong day, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. you're not in the right space, um, for something. So let's practice that. Let's actually practice like you know, not just dumping stuff on people, but actually asking them if they're in a place to receive. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, Like think about the quality of the communication that will happen. If what you're communicating, the person who's receiving it is on an, on the, is able and open to it. Right. Yeah. Um, cause you don't know what happened in that person's day. You don't know what's happening in that person's life in total. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that being able to receive a message and being a space, being in a space to receive is way much better than just receiving something that you're not open to at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, so do you actually enjoy being the strong friend? And if so, why, if not, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably will speak to both of these sides. Um, I do enjoy being the strong friend. Um, I think in this moment, what I'm realizing that being a strong friend has allowed me to have different, different types of friendships in my life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and more than like, I, I do have an abundance of close friends, um, but they're not close friends that like come out of nowhere. Like they're from very specific points in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as a strong friend, people just gravitate towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to do some work in identifying like which relationships are long lasting and which ones are seasonal and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. but I do think I enjoy being, we a need a lesson on that one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's a whole nother topic. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy being the strong friend in for that sense. Um, I enjoy listening to people. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy, um, you know, help helping, but also, um, having experiences with people, having an experience with a friend, like birthdays and COVID has kind of like thrown this out the woodwork, but birthdays for you and me have always been amazing. And I didn't, I didn't see you in 2020. No, I know. It's wild, wild. But I think as a strong friend, it's like so nice to be able to show up for my friends on these um, these moments, pivotal moments, and then birthdays, graduations, you know, different projects they're launching. And like, um, so in that sense, I enjoy being a strong friend. Um, Before you get to the side of not maybe, um, you know, enjoying it, Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that as a strong friend, you know, you'll listen to people or even you want to be listened to. How do we, what are the ways in what we can, like how we can listen? Um, there's a part of people that think they're listening, but they're not listening. And for one, I'll just go ahead and say that when someone is talking and you're interrupting every single thing, it's not like active listening. Um, so you can touch more on that. But it's, think about it. If someone's talking to you, like even right now as me and Karen are speaking, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to take a few seconds to think about what you're going to respond or else it's just kind of like a, oh, we're talking at each other, you know, kind of situation, but I'm not listening. So what the other person is saying, they're opening their heart out to me and I'm just responding like, what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Active listening is, and I'm responding right now real quick to this because it's something I like talk about a lot with my clients. Yeah. Um, and I think it is a, it's a muscle that we need to massage. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that we often use a lot. And so mm-hmm. I think we're, we're typically in conversation with one another, right? One person talks, the next person talks, and it's just back, 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 back and forth. Um, but like, have you really absorbed that information that the person is sharing with you? So for me, active listening starts with what you named, which is like, listen without the need to respond. Mm -hmm. Listen for what the person is really saying to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also ask questions, right? Like ask clarifying questions. Like you asked me a couple of questions and I was like, well, what is it that you mean by that? Right? Mm Because I want to make sure that what you're trying to ask me, I'm answering. Yeah. Um, And then the last piece that I always ask ask others to do when they're trying to get better active listening is asking the person that shared something vulnerable with you or just shared something that they had on top of their mind is like how can I help you with that mm-hmm. so it's like a three-pronged thing don't listen to not respond mm-hmm. um, ask questions clarifying questions and then follow up with like based on everything you just shared with me like how can I help you with that is this something you want help with huh. thank you that's <laughs> That's a, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can go ahead and talk about, you know, the parts of you that may not enjoy being, you know, the strong friend. Um, I think for me, it, it definitely goes back to like feeling, sharing how I feel. Like, um, 
I think because I'm just naturally a strong friend and naturally someone who steps into taking care of others and being a sounding board for others, I can at times negate what I'm going through, right? Mm -hmm. Or like things can really build up on my plate. And it's, there's like 10 things on my plate and then I come crashing down. Whereas like if I had started to check in around five, um, Mm -hmm. I would be better equipped to not come crashing down, but to pivot. Um, And so, um, yeah, I think the part of being a strong friend that I don't like the most is um, I'm not always attuned to what I feel and um, I often put too much on my plate. And so always reflecting on different ways where I can say no more, where I can do less, where I can have moments of pause um, because, you know, it's in practicing those things that I I'm hoping that I'll get better. And I, I know. Um, that I'll get better at um, sharing how I feel with my friends and um, not putting so much on my plate. Yeah, that makes sense. Saying no is a form of um, (laughs) self-care. You have to know, like we're saying, you got to know your capacity. You got to know what you can and can't do. And if this is a season for you where you have other things on your plate, then I can't attend to something that's on somebody else's plate. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Um. So do you feel any pressure to be strong? Yes, (laughs) fortunately. I think this goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning, which is like the role, like the role I stepped into and the role that was given to me. And so when you have, when you place certain roles in people's lives, there comes a level of expectation. Mm -hmm. So um, an expectation that you will be this person for them or um, show up in that way that you have in the past. And I think the reality is that we're always changing. We're always changing and growing. And there are periods and times where I know you hear from me actively. And there are periods of time where you don't hear from me. And mm-hmm. I'm sure if you checked in, you would probably know that something is going on for me. And I just, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm needing to take time for myself. So even though I'm a strong friend, um, that I, there are moments that it can be too much. Um, So yeah, the pressures definitely come in based on like the expectations people hold for me and whether or not I feel comfortable or able to show up in that way, um, in that relationship or in that friendship. Okay. Um, this is kind of, I don't want to say random, but I just remembered something I was trying to remember the whole podcast. <laughs> and um, I had asked you how you kind of handle pressure because we're, I guess, because now we're talking about pressure again, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how you handled pressure and you said, you know, you, you know, you checked in with your breathe, like you checked in with yourself, but you also uh, noticed your breathing um, and stuff like that, or noticed that, oh my gosh, like I might be, you know, I might be sitting in a position too long. I want to just add to that, that like, I love talking about this on the podcast is being present. Yeah. I think that if you practice being present, um, it's more simple than the word may seem like, how do you practice being present? It's just like looking around, noticing your surroundings, getting out of your, your head. Cause sometimes these things are anxiety driven or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, Ooh, all right, I'm here right now. Oh my gosh, my leg has been up for 30 you know, minutes on this stool or whatever. And my leg is hurting. It's just the act of, um, you know, being present, I think, can help uh, reduce um, the symptoms of pressure or feelings of pressure. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, you know, when you're in those moments, uh, just realizing like, okay, this is what I need to do. Um, this may not relieve the situation or completely, you know, get rid of it. But in the moment, physiologically, my body is responding to things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's very interesting because y'all, I randomly started waking up with um, pain in my jaws. <laughs> oh, okay. This is so embarrassing. But like, yeah, I just started recently. Yeah, I would try to eat. Oatmeal is so soft. You know what I'm saying? My my jaws were killing me. And I come <laughs> to find out it's uh, grinding, <laughs> grinding of teeth. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> your mouth don't hurt until you got the grind. Like, it's so... <laughs> It's so weird because it's so funny because that's not that's not anything I can control in my sleep. No. <laughs> so weird. But when she oh. said when she said um she said something about something clenching, I'm like, my jaws be clenching. <laughs> my yeah. jaws be clenching. So I had to get like a mouth guard and like that helps a lot. But yeah, man, sometimes your body be tripping when you sleep in, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sending you signals. I think, yeah. you know, and I won't share too much. Um but you know you're in a different season right now. You're going yeah. through something, and you're yeah. you're pursuing new things, and with that comes stress. Yes. Um, and <laughs> yes, I hope to share my podcast soon, <laughs> but not today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, so stress can definitely show up in different ways in your sleep. It can show up in your everyday life, um, in yeah. your body. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting about yeah, the pressure of being strong. It really does come with can come with some physical stuff sometimes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so what are some suggestions you can give us to manage being the strong friend or having relationships with the strong friend? Okay, so as the strong friend, I would advise you to to remember that you don't have to do things alone. Um, uh, and one way to do that is to I think create mantras for yourself. Um, so one, it can literally just say, I don't have to do life alone. Like life is not meant to be alone. Um, and reminding yourself this over and over again, um, will help you get used to that thought pattern will help you get used to leaning into that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with being strong as a strong friend, you think that you have to like have so much on your plate all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so knowing that like your strength is not determined about how much load you carry. Hmm. Um, if you're not carrying it well. <laughs> exactly. Like letting things stack up and overwhelm you is not an indicator of stress. Hmm. Um, and then accepting support, like as a strong friend, like you assess around you, like what your support system is, who's your support system and hmm. are you using them? Are you using them to their strengths? Hmm. Um, as the, do any of those resonate for you as a strong friend? Yes. Um, I think you said something by mistake just now. <laughs> I'm sure. I think you said not allowing things to stack up is not, a, is not an indicator of stress, but I think you meant to say strength. Oh. <laughs> S word. Yes. 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 Yeah. Just clarifying. I, I caught it, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I I definitely think yeah, not you know not doing life alone, and I really do like that idea of making um you know mantras for yourself because yeah, you don't have to do something alone, um ever. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible in Ecclesiastes. I don't remember it, but it says a three-stranded um cord is hard to like hard to break. Essentially, representing mm-hmm. that you should be connected with others because yeah. it's hard for you know the enemy to attack me attack you or feel weak in those moments where you are surrounded by a pillar. You know, you have people standing by you as support. Um, so I I do um, resonate with that. Um, so yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then just on the flip side, like if you're someone who has a lot of strong friends or notice a strong friend in your community, um, validate what they're going through, check in on them, but not just the like, 
hey, how you doing? And then you talk about the latest gossip or topic, but really like mm-hmm. get into it and um, say when, when you get met with like, a, I'm okay, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Ask them what that really means. Like, yeah. what does it really mean for you to be okay right now? Like, yeah. is this okay the same okay you felt like six months ago? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I have that in my advice too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Like really check in with them. And then earlier we were talking about, you know, that if you recognize you have strong friends, um, be attuned to that. They might not need your help making decisions that um, they really just might need to vent. Um, And that's okay too. Like that's a form of support. Like you can provide support in that way if you feel comfortable, obviously. Yeah. Um, And if you have the space. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything you is there anything else you have to add when it comes to that uh, advice? Um, I think I would probably like bring down what we talked about being an active listener in terms of advice to better your friendship with a strong friend. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, ask questions, um, ask how you can help them, and listen to not respond um, mm-hmm. as ways to be a better friend to someone who is a strong friend. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and add some of um, the things that came to mind when I thought about um, being the strong friend or managing relationships with the strong friend. And just know that their their lack of showing emotion does not mean they don't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I feel like very recently, well, re- I've, I've dealt with for a long time, is that I don't show my emotions. I just don't. <laughs> I wish y'all could see Carrie in space. <laughs> I don't show my emotions, but it doesn't mean I don't have them. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm just emotional, like for them. But I'm like, no, me too. But they just can't see it. And I'm not expressive with showing every emotion that I have. Reason being, one part that makes me a strong friend is my ability to come back and analyze stuff. And I do it really well. So in the moment, I don't have to act out because I've worked on techniques to manage that. And I feel like I'm, I'm doing it pretty well. That's why you don't always see that. Um, so just because someone doesn't show something doesn't mean it's not there or doesn't mean that I've been told by people like jokingly, like, girl, you heartless. I'm like, no, I'm not heartless actually, just because I'm not crying like you're crying or, you know, whatever doesn't mean that we have to always share the same emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, so also practice being more open with your feelings. I think those Mm -hmm. things kind of go hand in hand. Um, if you feel comfortable, so I might not be expressive in terms of shouting or screaming or rolling on the floor or doing all of that, yeah. but I can say, hey, this is where I am, rather yeah. than me being a complete mystery to the people around me. Um, so yeah, that's another thing um, we've already touched on. Is strong, strong friends don't always need um, your advice, more so managing of the feelings and the emotions that come with that decision. Um, so keep that in mind. This doesn't apply to everybody, though, you know? I know it applies to me and Carrie Ann. I don't know who else it may or may not apply to. So it's not like a blanket statement. Um, depends on the person. If Withdraw if you need to um, and recharge. Uh, but careful in the state of withdrawal because you don't want to be in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, withdraw from things or activities if you feel like it's overwhelming and do what is joyous to you, what brings you happiness um, and something that you know will you know, prepare you to jump back into the swing of things, I would say. Um, and lastly, do not ignore how you feel. Um, it's very easy to uh, be the strong person 
outwardly, but don't neglect yourself um, inwardly. And I remember Karen saying that in the beginning of the podcast is sometimes it can negate from you, you know, being the strong friend can take away from you and how you feel. So don't ignore how you feel. Um, sometimes you may need a validation or something like that with it, but just don't ignore it. Don't just think that by not thinking about it, that the way you feel is going to go away. It doesn't. Um, and that can show up in other areas in your life in a positive or probably negative way. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yes. I do have one other thing I want to add to like, uh, advice for the strong friend. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are open to it, try journaling because, Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a strong friend, if you're not inclined to share out openly um, with others how you're feeling, I think a good place to start is journaling. Just journaling, you know, every couple of days how you've been feeling. Um, check in with yourself there. There are great journal prompts on Pinterest. On like, I just- got one from Target. I just got a <laughs> journal. Did? Yes. Can we it's show each other? It literally that? says writing prompts. I love that. I love well, this is my planner for 2021. Very sweet. This is from Opal House. So if y'all go to Target, get you a writing prompts journal. Is there a prompt at every on at the top every of every page? page. There's two love on it. every page. Love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. So, so you can be yeah. expressive and share how you're feeling with yourself. Yeah. Um and I think that's a great place to start and a great place to continue to just get a better understanding of your feelings and emotions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend that as well. Yeah, I think that's an, it's an awesome um, idea for, for me in terms of journaling. That's a, a big kind of like self-care for me, but mm-hmm. I would even say self-maintenance, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm a person that people, I don't want to say people perceive me as shy. I can be shy at times. I can come off that way, but I'm not. Um, I'm just analyzing my environment, who I'm with, if I can trust the people I'm going to share with. And I'm not the person that always has a response immediately. I need to think about what I'm saying and think if it has substance and it's well-grounded. And with journaling, it helps me because I'm able to see all my thoughts on paper first and, and battle with it on paper before coming you know, onto the podcast. As much as some of y'all might like this podcast, I plan very well for it. I plan every <laughs> single thing. I don't just come and just like, oh, shoot. Oh, we ran out of things to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to sit and write with these things. So I, I completely agree with Carrie when she said journaling. Write stuff down with yourself. You don't have to share with nobody. It's for you. <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. It's for you. So, yeah. Um, I hope this resonates, you know, with people that have, I mean, you may not be the strong friend, but I feel like everybody has at least, you know, somebody that's strong, may come off hard headed, you know, got some (laughs) strongness to them as a friend. Um, So yeah, these are some tips, um, you know, from our personal um, experiences or journeys, Um, personal, like we said again. (laughs) Uh, So it may not apply to everybody, but hopefully it's something you can learn in there and maybe learn how to support. I would definitely say, I do think that sometimes strong friends need that extra support. They may not communicate it, but um, just learning to recognize that need um, is a strength, (laughs) strength in itself. Thank you so much for having me again. Of course, girl. We we plan to have you back for something. We figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Carrie Ann can always, you know, come from the perspective of her friend side, but also as, you know, her being the therapist. So it it works, you know, it's a win-win situation for me. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. Um, always get something. 
always get something of substance from you. And I think that a, a lot that you have to offer. And even in, in these instances, you may not realize it, but you are sharing your story. So slowly but surely, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, Chelsea and I, I think a couple of months ago, I, re- I think I, cause you're, I think you're the only friend I told this to where I said that I wanted to be more candid or more, more giving with my story. And I felt like God had put yeah. that on my heart to share more. And um, I like said that to you. And then I went back into my hole. Um, <laughs> and so it's interesting that you said that, that, yeah. you know, slowly but surely. And I agree. I agree. And I, yeah. I appreciate you, you know, taking, making this platform and continue to have these like bold conversations. Cause I'm sure there's lots of strong friends out there that might not feel supported or might not feel seen or heard or understood mm-hmm. and will resonate with this. Um, yeah. That's my hope. And anytime you want to have me back, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carrie Ann. Of course, of course. All right, guys. So we were just having a good old combo, and I forgot to ask her while she was up here um, what her social media was. So I'm going to go ahead and link her Instagrams in my description box. And um, the first one is her personal Instagram, which is Beauty Queen Carrie regular the way the regular way you would spell beauty queen and then k-e-r-r-i um and then the next one is therapy in motion nyc um i guess we didn't mention it earlier but carrie ann resides and is from new york so hence the nyc uh and then lastly her business page precious knits so the regular way you would spell precious and then k-n-i-t-z um that is where she sells her crochet items and yeah support black businesses so i'll link those with the spellings and everything below um and these are the ways that you can continue connecting with carrie ann off of this podcast Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Candid with Kibo. If you enjoy this podcast and you're not subscribed, subscribe on whatever platform that you're on so that you always know when a new podcast is coming before I announce it on my social media. Also, share this with your friends, your family, rate this podcast if you have not already. We're all students in the game called life, and in order to do it with ease, we need to seek out the most information we can to master it. As I'm having these kind of moments with you, take a moment this week to get candid with yourself. As always, I could be found on social media at Candid with Kibo and my personal Instagram page, KiboBets, K-I-B-O-B-E-T-T-S. All notes will be linked below in the show notes in the description. So if you have any questions or concerns, you can follow up there or send me an email to CandidWithKibo at gmail.com.